Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Tonight, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercies. Oh Lord, look upon us. Father, here we are. Here we are this evening, oh God. Father, we present our hearts to you. Lord, you know our needs. You know our heart desires. Father, you know what we need. Father, even we do not know what is good for us. Let your spirit search our hearts. Let your spirit reveal unto us, oh God. Let your spirit teach us tonight. We are grateful and we are thankful for the opportunity to be in your house. I avail myself, oh Spirit of God, speak through me that the words that proceed from this pulpit will not be of man's wisdom, but let it be the engrafted word of God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. As you take your seat. Yes. This is a... Let it be free. This is a Mesherich church. Hallelujah. It's a church of joy. Now, did you hear, did you hear our praise and worship? You know, at some point, I had to close my eyes. Wow. God is amazing. God is amazing. Wonderful. And put your hands together for our master. Um, it calls, it calls for sacrifice. It calls for sacrifice. He's a layman. He's a layman. He, he, he goes to work. He goes to work. And he works for God also. Hallelujah. That is a layman. A very common man. Hallelujah. He's not a professional musician. Or you went to a music school. You have certificate in. God bless. Hallelujah. Wonderful. He just learned in the church and he's teaching others also. Wonderful. We are blessed. I, 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 I was just amazed how that he was just standing watching the children and the way they were playing. God is good. I said, God is good. Wonderful. That is why, parents, you should not withhold your children from church. Don't withhold your children from church. Even when you are working and you cannot come, arrange for someone to bring your children to church. 
Don't say, I'm not coming so the children are also not coming. And take your children to babysitter for someone to watch your children whilst God can watch them here in his house. Well, tonight, I want us to, you know, this is our formal last teaching um, a Sunday service for our feeding 527. Um, officially, I think um, it ended on Sunday, but um, I just wanted to finish a chapter that I had begun with you. And also, if the Spirit leadeth, because when I read a book, it just, just fills me. And um, I feel like sharing with the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. So, uh, in our midweek service, we've been sharing from chapter 3. Seven, is this chapter 3? Chapter 4. Seven things you must know about the lay ministry. In our midweek service, we've been sharing about seven things that we must know. Seven things that we must know about the lay ministry. Um, we've been sharing so many things from this book. And as I always say, this book is messages preached by our shepherd. Amen. This, message, this book is preached by a powerful and anointed man of God. And they are all messages. Do you understand? Last Sunday, we shared from a very short chapter, very short message, and I believed, I mean, God blessed me from that message. I was blessed. I was ministered to. And I want you to put your heart into what you are reading. Don't read it as an ordinary book. Do you understand? It is someone who waited on the Lord, and the Lord ministered to him. And he poured his heart in a book. And just as he would have loved to be here to teach us. How many of you agree with me that the bishop would have loved to be in any one of his churches, stand and minister to them? You see, when you have not encountered him and you have not come close to him, you will not know his heart. But he loves his church so much. He loves the flock so much. And Whenever possible, sometimes it amazes me how he is so tired and he has just come from one camp and he will stand before the congregation days on end, teaching and teaching and teaching. Just so amazing. Amen. You will think that where the church has reached, he doesn't even need to do these things anymore. He should be going on vacations, going on trips, but he takes time again, season after season, comes gather us in a place just to teach us. And we all testify that once we leave his presence, we live with different mentality. We have changed. We have made certain drastic decisions in our lives. Amen. Amen. That will benefit us. Hallelujah. Not him, but will benefit us. So he would have loved to be here to teach us, but he has written these messages in a book and we are sharing from them. Now, I would also would have loved to read the whole book with us. Do you understand? I would love to read 
chapter by chapter, go from chapter 1, chapter 2, and we'll read the whole book. But you realize that even just for this chapter 3, it is so loaded that I don't know how many weeks, I mean this chapter 4, that we are sharing. It is so loaded that we have shared it for quite some few weeks now. Do you understand? So if we will only depend on what we will share in church, we will miss a lot. And when we're done with what we are sharing in church and you put the book down, you are also missing a lot. Do you understand? So read a book. Meditate on what you are reading. Let the Lord speak to you when you read a book. Let the Lord speak to you. How many of you see that when we read a chapter, it looks as if you didn't read a chapter? It looks as if you didn't read a chapter. You want to go back to see if these are all, if the Reverend has the same book. But do we all have our copies? The same book. You are reading, but put your heart to it. This is not a special pastor's copy with special notes. <laughs> it's just another layman who also took time to wait on the Lord for the Lord to speak to him concerning what he's reading. Hallelujah. Amen. Jackie, that is what it is. We are all reading the same book. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So we want to continue with what we've been sharing. Seven things you must know about the lay ministry. And number one, we said the lay ministry will greatly enhance the work of church planting. We shared a lot from this particular point that without a lay ministry, we are limited into how far the church can go, into how far, how many souls we can take with us to heaven. If we are only going to depend on professional pastors, trained pastors, college graduates, then the church cannot go far. Then we will not have church, we will not have a church here in the Bronx. Then you wouldn't have a church. If we are only waiting for full-timers, trained full-time pastors, people who have gone to Bible school to just teach the word of God, then we will not have a church here. We will not have a church in the Manhattan church right now. There will not be a church. The only church we will have right now will be in Los Angeles. Then all of us will have to go to Los Angeles. If you want to come to Lighthouse every Sunday, you have to fly to L.A. And then midweek service all night. How many of you agree that we will not survive? You cannot survive. But because of the lay ministry, we have branches here. Even in New York, we have several branches. Hallelujah. Several branches. Amen. Because of the lay ministry, New York alone. Hallelujah. Wonderful. And as you are here, as you are sitting here, just as some people also sat here and were taught, also make your mind, set your heart, let, be, let your heart be prepared that God can use you also to start a church. The same way I, I am standing here ministering to you, I also once sat in the same place you are sitting. Amen. For many years, I sat in a chair like this, sitting like this, sitting behind the pastor and just pouring water on his hand, making sure his needs are met, whatever he needed. 
I'm always looking at him and reading his mind. When he turns his eyes, I know what he is. And ministering to him. One day as he was preaching, he says, you are a good listener. He says, you are a good listener. Yes, my eyes never left him. I was preaching with him. Amen. Amen. And when he's going over the messages, my, my, I am preaching the message. Do you understand? You see, have a heart that as you are here, God is going to use you. And, and let your heart be here. Let your heart be here. Let your heart be here. That is the most important. Let your heart be here. If your heart is here, the spirit will come upon you. Do you understand? You see, when God asked Moses to call 70 others. You see, God did not ask Moses to negotiate with the people, the ones that they agreed that, you know, these people qualify. He said, call 70 of the elders whom thou knowest to be elders, whom you know. Call 70 that you know they are elders and just call them. You see, so do you think Moses will call people who are always fighting him? People, why didn't Moses call Dayton and Abiram? These were people who felt they were also obontiers in the church. Do you understand? They felt they were, they were big people in the church. So Moses could have called them and said, let's gather these people. But he called people that he felt they are elders. And they may not have had any qualifications, save that they are always with him. Everything he says, they are doing it. They are always in church. He can send them anywhere. He can say, sit, and he will sit. He will say, stand, and he will stand. He knew that their hearts were with him. Do you understand? So he knew he could work with him. That is because he knew that. And the reason why God did not ask, the reason why God did not ask from the congregation what they think. Who qualifies? The reason why I believe God asked us, because he was going to put the same spirit that was on Moses on them. So they were going to have the same voice like Moses. They were going to say the same things like Moses. Do you understand? So if there were people amongst them who had any conflicting spirit, it would not work. It would not work. So he said, call these 70, let them stand with you, and I will come and I will take their spirit that is upon you, and I will put that spirit upon them. So that thou bearest not the burden of the people alone. God knows that if he doesn't give help, the pastor will burn out. If God does not give help, if God does not raise people to help work with the pastor, the pastor will burn out. And if God does not give people who have the same mentality, same mind, same vision, same mission, like the pastor, the pastor will burn out. So he says, you call people that you feel can work with you, and I'll put that same spirit upon them. Amen. So if you are here, understand that that spirit that is upon the bishop, that by the grace of God is upon us, that we are ministering, that same spirit can be upon you also. Do you understand? Yeah. The bishop is our Moses. That God has taken the spirit that is upon him and by the grace of God has placed on us. 
and we are also ministering. Amen. Hallelujah. It is just that same spirit. So if you go to any lighthouse church, you go to any branch, it's the same thing. The same thing. We are saying the same thing. Do you understand? The same thing. And if you are in this, you are in this church, in this ministry, and you are saying the same thing, you will realize that it will work. But if you have a different voice, if the way you do things are different, if the, we say we, are all, we all have communion the first Sunday, you say no. Because of where we live, I will choose to have it third Sunday. You see that things will not, you will struggle in the ministry. You will struggle in the ministry. Do you understand? Yeah. So let, let, let our heart be aligned. Let our heart be aligned. Amen. Amen. See, that is why every now and then, every now and then you have to take your car and they do alignment. Alignment. How, how many of you know about that? You have heard about that. Even Tina, do you know about alignment? Yeah. You have to, your, your car has four wheels and they will, they will rotate them, change them, run them. And then they will align themselves that they all have the same direction. When you start moving, they have the same direction. Do you understand? It's important. It's important for the car to... Otherwise, if the car is not like that, you see that when you start moving, one of the wheels wants to go this way, another one wants to go that way, and then you struggle. Every time you should be conscious, a lot of effort, a lot of effort trying to align the car so the car can move on straight where you want it. But when we all align, when we have one heart, when we are doing the same thing, we have the same mind, See that things are moving smoothly. Sometimes a car that is well aligned. How many of you drive? You see, if you don't drive, you don't. You will not understand what I'm saying. But for those of you who drive, you realize that if you are driving a car that is well aligned, the alignment is working. Sometimes you can be sitting in and with your finger on the on the on the wheel. Just your finger. On, you can put it on cruise control. If your car is not aligned, the alignment is not well, and you put it under cruise control. You see that you are shaking because one wheel is going this way, the other one is going this way, and the car is shaking like that. But when it's aligned, you see that you, if you are not careful, you even sleep. That means you can even sleep and the church is working. When you are aligned, when you are in alignment, when you are in alignment, see that the anointing is just flowing. It's just flowing. The same spirit is just flowing. Otherwise, if you are not careful, you will carry the car on your head. You will carry the car on your head. Because it's not moving, and you have to move it. So this car, you carry it yourself, and you are moving. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But have a mind that if I'm in Lighthouse, Sister Gladys, you can be a lay pastor. If you are in Lighthouse, do not be surprised that one day the pastor is not there and you are standing here and you are teaching the people in this church. Oh, yes. Yeah. You do it. Tamir, if you are in this church, have a heart that one day you can become a lady pastor. A lady pastor. That you also gather people and you are teaching them. Amen. You can do it. Because that is a spirit that is in this church. 
And the only way that will come is when your heart, you are also align your heart in that spirit. Do you understand? Yeah. Kofi, one day, one day, one day, so you are ministering powerfully. Standing here. So turn our Bibles. Let's turn our Bibles. And you are just preaching. Amen. So without a lay ministry, we will not have many churches. This brother was here in a church. And today, he's a pastor in another church. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Align your heart properly. And as for the church, Jesus will build it. I say Jesus will build it. All you need is that that spirit is upon that church also. Yeah. Amen. Wonderful. So we need a lot of help. We need a lot of help. Pastor, do you need help? We need a lot of help. Number two, we said... So number one, we shared a lot of things and we, we, we talk about Paul. We talk about how Paul... I think from this book, you are all seeing that we are looking at stages where everyone can be in. We talk about Paul, who also migrated to Corinth. And he lived in someone's apartment. Do you understand? Things were not so great for him in Corinth. Okay, so he had to share an apartment with a couple. And that did not stop him from serving God. He was someone's roommate. How many of you have had roommates before? You have shared room with someone before. You see, almost all of you. You were sleeping on a couch. You were sleeping in somebody's living room. Some of you, you have to put some curtains to create a private place for you. Sometimes you have to have a, you have to have a, a job such that you don't come the same time with your roommates. So you, you take shift tents, sleeping in their place. Paul was in that same situation also. Paul happened to be in that same situation, and he was working just like you. He has migrated to a place, living with someone, living with a couple, and working. And the Bible says every Sabbath, every Sabbath, Paul went to the church. Every Sabbath, he went to the Jewish meeting place. He spoke to Jews and Gentiles and tried to win them over to Christ. He was working and doing the work of God. The circumstances did not stop him. The fact that he had just arrived in Corinth didn't stop him. The fact that he had to go to work did not stop him. The fact that he didn't have his own place, you know, my circumstances, where I live, is not convenient, it's not a lot of inconvenience. That did not stop him. He was still going to the church and doing the work of God. Hallelujah. Wonderful. And we talk about another one. We say it is possible to combine secular work with the ministry. It is possible to combine secular work with the ministry. Hallelujah. Here we, we spoke about Daniel. We spoke about Daniel. Because a lot of times, you see, the reason why God gives us all these examples in the Bible, so that we will not have any other excuse. There is no other excuse 
for us to say, we are so busy we can't serve God. We are so busy we can't do the work of God. There is no excuse. Some of you are in the Paulic situation in Corinth right now. That Pauline Corinth lifestyle, some of you are in it right now. You are, you, you, your job is not that great. Maybe you have a tent-making job. Doesn't pay much. Sometimes you go, they say, we don't need tents. Sometimes you say, we don't need your services. We don't, we don't need you today. Go home. You have some per diem tent job. You know, you go and they don't need the tent. In the summer, people don't need tents. I mean, in the winter, they don't need tents. So in the winter, no job for you. They say, the service is slow. Go home. We will call you. Two months, three months, you have not, they've not called you. Paul happened to be in this. You see, but it didn't stop him from serving God. Sometimes you have to call them. And you, you, sometimes you, you, you think the phone is ringing. The phone is not ringing, but you think it was ringing. And then you go and pick it up to see somebody was calling. Nobody called. You call them, do you need me? They say, don't call. We will call you when we need you, but you will still call. And then sometimes you call, you say, did I miss a call from you? True or not true? You see, we have all been in that situation before. We, we, have, we have all been in that situation before. Amen. But that did not stop Paul from serving God. That did not stop him. Hallelujah. And then we talk about Daniel. Hallelujah. We talk about Daniel. In, um, it says the best New Testament Example of a lay pastor is the Apostle Paul. The best Old Testament example is the prophet Daniel. Is the prophet Daniel. Hallelujah. How many of you have heard of the prophet Daniel before? You have heard of the prophet Daniel. You see, when we say Daniel, you don't even recognize who we're talking about. If I began and I was sharing and I say, Mr. Daniel, you see, you will not even recognize who we are talking about. As of until last week, until last week, how many of you knew that Daniel was a prime minister? Until last week. You see, four or five people knew that Daniel was... How many of you now know that Daniel was a prime minister once in his lifetime? Do you understand? You see, when we think of Daniel, we think he was a prophet, a prophet of God, always in a temple, praying, Whenever you need him, you can find him in a temple. You need a pastor, you can get him anytime in a temple. That is how we thought of Daniel. We think he's, you, you, know, you thought Daniel was always in a priestly robe with a string in his waist. Do you understand? With a cassock over his head and then you, 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 if you are looking for Daniel, that is the light that you are looking. You are looking for someone to come out, always praying. Always fasting. That is how you thought of Daniel. But we learn from the scriptures that Daniel had three great jobs. Daniel had three important jobs. Now, Daniel had jobs that made him busier than any one of you, including myself. 
Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Daniel's positions were very high positions, top positions. Now we see Daniel in a different light. We are seeing Daniel in a light that we wouldn't even think he was a prayer. I mean, he was a prophet, or we wouldn't even think that he had, he was a man who would have time to pray. We are seeing Daniel now as a prime minister, someone who wore his suit and tie, just like some of you, to go to work. Hallelujah. Someone who also had to read the newspapers to know the current affairs. Someone who had to listen to the news, to hear what they were saying about the government. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Someone who had to campaign for the elections. And had to wait for results. You see, you never thought of Daniel like that. You always thought Daniel was just a prophet. But Daniel had a very top position in the government. Amen. Amen. But the Bible says that Daniel always, just as he was, no matter how the situation changed, he will always go to pray. Daniel was always in the presence of God. Whenever he had an opportunity, he made sure he was in the presence of God. When Daniel took break from work, when he had a lunchtime, he would go to his house and then he would open his windows, go to his chambers, and he would pray. When Daniel wakes up in the morning, he will make sure he will do his quiet time. He will not go to work without taking God with him. Hallelujah. Daniel was always in the presence of God. Daniel was always in the presence of God. And the Bible describes that God took note of that. And I'm sharing with you that being in the presence of God consistently, consistently being in the presence of God makes you closer and closer and closer or gets you closer and closer and closer to God. You see, when, when you find two couples who have been together or been married for many years. When they talk, when you go to one and you are having an issue, you, are, you go to one and you discuss the issue, you realize that the thing that the one will tell you will be the same thing that the other one will tell you. Do you understand? It's as if they have spoken before. You see, because sometimes, sometimes um, there are some people who will share certain things with my wife and then she will say, the, the person will say, tell reverend, you know. And I happen to have called the person. And then the person would have mentioned the thing to me. So my, when my wife is telling me, I said, oh, I spoke to the person. And I told the person, he said, ah, is that the same thing I told you? So then she would think that I told you before. But I said, I didn't know that even she has spoken to you. Do you understand? So you see, when someone has been with a person for so long, you realize that your mind becomes the same. Your thinking becomes the same. Your decisions become the same. So when Daniel has spent so much time in the presence of God, his mind becomes like God. And there's a spirit now that is in him that is like God. Do you understand? That becomes visible to other people. When you have been in the presence of God for a long time, People will feel that spirit that is in you. When you have taken God so seriously, if you are the kind that we describe as church, church, church person, 
you realize that you have not done anything, you have not gone to any extra school, you have not taken law school, you have not taken any other extra legal things. But when people have issues, even within your siblings, your family, you are the one they will come to. They feel there's a spirit, another spirit. They feel there's a divine wisdom that is in. Nobody has told them anything. Just your presence in God. Always spending time in the presence of God. You are the one they will come to. You are the one they will call. No matter what your age is. Whether you are of the same age group. Even amongst your friends. Amongst your classmates. You are the one they will call. Because of your presence. Because you have, you have spent time with God. Always in the presence of God. You see that your thinking is different. Don't joke with church. Don't joke with church. You see that you're, you, even at, at work, at work, at work, your colleagues, you, are, you have not told them anything. You have not said anything. They don't know you since you graduated. All of you went to the same school. You, they have not seen you going to any other extra school. Taking in any other extra classes. You all come to work and do the same thing. But they feel that there is something about you. There is something in said that when they have issue that is beyond them, you are the one they come to. One day, one of the sisters was sharing with me. She's a nurse. And she said, you know, when they have very difficult patient, when they have, mean by difficult patient, means difficult family. Difficult family concerning that patient means that the, the family members of that patient are very difficult to handle. They are the kind that complain. They can easily get someone fired. You know, quickly they are running to the um, administration and making complaints. When they get such a patient, I am the one they call. Why? Because they know that there's a certain spirit about you. There's a certain spirit in you. There's a certain spirit in you that they know that this spirit, this person, you can handle the situation. You can handle the situation. And it's not because you have now taken legal, human affairs, humanity, services, extra, you, you know, social studies. No. Just because of your presence. Just because that you are always in the presence of God. Some other spirit comes in you. And that spirit is the spirit of excellency. It is the spirit of excellency. Hallelujah. It is that spirit that was in Daniel that made Daniel, you know, it is very difficult to find one person stay in position, and I mean top position, such as prime minister or vice president, that Clinton came and he chose you as a vice president. And then Obama came, he chose you as vice president. And now Trump has come and he's choosing you as vice president. Have you heard that before? Have you seen that before? You see, in our wisdom and in our understanding, he would think that if you were loyal to Obama, there's no way you are going to be loyal to Trump. <laughs> Please, we are not doing politics. <laughs> 
Don't bring your anger and your frustrations and your losses in the church. Listen, listen, listen. One thing that you have to understand, one thing that you have to understand is that leadership, they are always set by God. Okay? That is one thing that you have to understand. So, no matter who is in power, if God does not place that person in power, you can never take it upon yourself, okay? So, um, just let's have peace and pray for the leadership. That is all we need to do so that we will have quiet and peaceable life. Amen. Amen. That we will have quiet and peaceable life. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So, So we can live peacefully in the land. Hallelujah. But this Daniel, the three different governments, three different governments that came, each leader, each president chose him. Chose him. And as we read the scriptures, we noted that the one thing that made this man always being a preference always being liked by each one of these presidents was an excellent spirit that was in him. An excellent spirit. Excellent spirit that was in him. Not because of his education. Not because of his degree. So the queen, during the Bucadnezer's time, when the Bucadnezer died, or was now some way, and his son was the, the president, the queen mother went to Nebuchadnezzar's son and told him, he said, look, when your father was in charge, when your father was the president, there was a man. You know how your father is. You know, not a lot of people can easily work with you. Nebuchadnezzar was not an easy man. A man who would dream and says, I've forgotten about my dream. Come and tell me. You say you are a wise man that is working with me. Come and tell me my dream that I have forgotten. Was not an easy man to work with. Come and tell me my dream and then give me the interpretation of the dream. The people, the astrologers and the magicians and the wise men of the land, they came and they say, since the world began, we have never had any man. Any man. He was a wicked man. And he says, if you are not able to do that, I will kill all of you. Because you are not worth worth me keeping. If I dream and I forget and you can't remind me of my dream, (laughs) there's no point in me keeping you. So he killed, uh, he called all of them and they couldn't. Such a man chose Daniel and the Bible says that he preferred Daniel. He preferred Daniel. He chose, Daniel was an immigrant just like you. He had come, some of you came just like Paul and you shared room with people and you work in tent making shops and by the grace of God you were able to go to school like Daniel and then you were able to get a certificate or a degree. You see, a lot of times it's easy for people to serve God when they are poor. When they have 10 jobs. You know, when the job is not anything serious, it's very easy 
and then they always call in and they always need help. It's easy. But you see, when you have when you have the Daniel's position, when now you you dress, you put on your suit and tie, and you wear you you hold your briefcase with your New York Times in your hand, and then you're having Starbucks coffee, and you, you are catching you are catching the 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 um, the uh, Long Island Railroad or the Metro North, you know, you, 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 you don't, you don't, what church? No, you don't go to church anymore. Amen. When your office is on some high rise building, that sometimes you yourself, you open the window and you stand there and say, <laughs> you are surprised that this is you. You are surprised that this is you. When you open the window and you look, you say, me, pa, me, me. Is that me? Is this me? You, don't, you are not even, you, 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 you are surprised at yourself. But you see, it, it is God that sets man, it is God that sets you on high. And sometimes we forget that it is our low beginnings that made God set us there. But you see, when we get there, we forget God. We for, and we don't think church is important. We don't think this church and this, it's not important. It's not important. Because you see now, you don't even need, you don't need to pray for what you will eat. Do you think Daniel was someone who had to pray for what he will eat? Or what he will wear? Or where he will sleep? He had in plenty. Amen. He will go to his house. And then you go to another room where it's just a prayer room. He will go upstairs and then you open the top door. They open his window. Amen. But we are seeing that this Daniel, his position was maintained in each of these regimes. And the reason why he was maintained, the reason why they kept him was not because he was good at what he did was not because he was smarter than them in such as he knew the material that they learned more than them. Not that he was a good person as government worker, but that there was another spirit that was in him. And it's called the excellent spirit. They say, the queen said, there is an excellent spirit in him. So call him. You will need him. Hallelujah. And so Cyrus also worked with him. And then another leader came and killed, assassinated, killed all the leaders. Because you see, when you are when you are having a coup d'état, the people who are not the people who are loyal to the former one, you have to eradicate all of them. Especially if it's a coup d'état. Especially you came and you killed the leader, you took over like that. You cannot keep them like that. So we were reading in Daniel chapter, chapter is it chapter 6? Daniel chapter 6. It says, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princesses which should be over the whole kingdom and over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first. Look at that. Not only, not only was he a loyal servant to his previous or the enemy that he killed. So you can understand that 
if he came to kill the former president, then everyone that was working with that president must go. He will fire all of them. But he maintained Daniel. He kept Daniel. And he came to like Daniel. He came to prefer. He decided to now choose 120 princes. That means 120 governors. Or 120 mayors. He chose 120 mayors over the whole nation. And he set them in power. And then he chose three governors. Or three vice presidents to overlook these mayors. And out of these three, he said he preferred Daniel amongst them. And the reason I am sharing with you, the reason is not because he studied so much. The reason is not because he went to Harvard. The reason was because there was an excellent spirit in him. An excellent spirit in him. Hallelujah. If you are going to stay employed all the time, seek for an excellent spirit. Seek for an excellent spirit. They will fire all the people around you. They will keep you. Amen. They will let them, all of them go home. They will keep you. Because there's an excellent spirit in you. Not that you do better job than them, but because there's an excellent, they feel there is something about you. We need you. We have to keep you. We have to maintain you because there's an excellent spirit that is in you. Excellent spirit in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what we are sharing? Now I think we have covered both lifestyles that we live in here. I think one lifestyle that we have not covered are the students. The people who go to school here, and for that reason, we don't have time to serve God. Amen. The people who think that my schoolwork is overwhelming, that is why I don't come to church these days. How many of you have heard that before? Not you, not you. You are here, so it's not you. Someone like turn with me to Daniel chapter one. Daniel chapter one, quickly, and then we will move on. We have to finish this chapter today. Daniel chapter one. It says, "In the third year of the region, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged." And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of... Is there a microphone that is still on? Which he carried into the land of Shina, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels, the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Do you understand so far? Are you following? Why don't we read from some simple version so that we will read it? We want to read this chapter. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his God. 
Then the king ordered Asphenas, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men without any physical defect. So you have, every time you are hurt, every time some scars on your leg, they won't take it. You've been weeding and don't qualify. Handsome. Handsome. If you are a young man, you are not handsome. You don't qualify. I'm sure you knew something. Okay? This is what men are looking for. Do you understand? This is what, when man is looking for something, these are the things they consider. No defect. Because they are looking at their outward appearance. Outward. Do you understand? That's what they are looking for. Handsome. Showing aptitude for every kind of learning. Zeal for learning. Desire to study. Someone who doesn't go to just check, 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 but he wants to learn. I'm looking for people who want to learn. People who want to go to school. People who's, who dedicate their lives to check, the, the, the schooling. People who dedicate their lives to research. Amen. Well informed. Well informed is not the Bible. When, the man, when men are looking for employee, employees who are well informed, they are not looking for the one who knows about Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, Joseph, Jacob. That is what you know about. That's not well informed. That is not the kind of men and women that the world looks for. If they are looking for well informed, you are not that kind. Hallelujah. It's a well informed, quick to understand. Quick to understand. And qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. Verse 5. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. Three years. Three-year college degree. Then you are coming to work for the king. Three years of university training. Among these were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Look at this. It says, among these were, among these were some from Judah. They took a lot of young men. And among these, they took Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. That's all, not their real names. Do you realize that? Yes. But Daniel resolved, listen, listen. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself 
with the royal food and wine. Daniel resolved. Daniel, look, the man did not carry three great positions for nothing. And I'm showing you, whilst he was a student, whilst he was a student, whilst he was going to school, whilst he also had student loans, whilst the courses were difficult, whilst he was a student, whilst he didn't have anything, whilst opportunity came, said that if you would take this, you will not own anything. If you would take, only would take this, we will pay for all of your tuition. If only you will eat the food and the wine, if you will always be dining in the king's, we will not, we will not have any need. Daniel, this Daniel. But he resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. So it's like you went for the interview, and then they said, this is what we are going to give you. We are going to pay you this much. Or we are going to take you through this orientation. We are going to give you this. We are going to give you that. We are going to give you this. Sundays, you have to come here also. But he resolved in his heart. He resolved in his heart not to defile himself by leaving the presence of God and taking it by all means. That Sunday, he says, he, 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 he says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official. He asked for the chief official for permission. I would love to work at this company. My heart is in this company. I've always longed to work for this company. I've always longed to have this position. But this Sunday that you are asking me, can you give me permission that I will be in the church on Sunday? Just give me Sundays. I can work any day for you. In his heart. Nobody told him anything. He didn't go to discuss it with his pastor. Uh, pastor, you know the job that they are giving me, they say I should work Sundays now. So pastor, what should I do? What should I do? What are you are coming to ask me? What should I do? What should you do? What do you want to do? Because you know what you want to do, but you want me to okay what you have to do. I hear that all the time. Daniel did not go to discuss it with his pastor. Did we read that? When they told him, Daniel went to discuss it with his pastor. Look, the Jewish leaders, this is what they are trying to do with us now. He resolved not to defile himself with the king's food. Personal decision. Why are you coming to ask me? Why are you coming to ask me this question? <laughs> I say, your life, they are all in the Bible. Everything is in the Bible. He resolved. And so he went to the chief official and asked for permission not to defile himself this way. Not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused the official, listen, listen, listen. That is why I always tell you, if only it's in your heart. Don't come and ask me for me to tell you, go and ask your boss whether you know, he has to give you Sunday. As you are going, it's not in your heart. Eh, what if I go and they say, they will not give, hire me anymore? Eh, what if I go and say, if you can't work Sunday, then we don't need you anymore? Hey, eh, Reverend, this... 
but what is in his heart? What is in his heart? He went with what is in his heart. And because of what was in his heart, the Bible says, now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. Because of what was in his heart. Not because of what his pastor told him to go and tell them. Because of what was in his heart. Because of what he himself had resolved to do. Because of what is in your heart, your professor will change the schedule. So that you alone, you will take the exam on Monday, not Sunday. Because of what is in your heart. They will change your schedule. For, I tell them, I, when people come, I say, if it is in your heart, if it is your heart, is, don't I tell you all the time, those of you who come with me with all these different schedules and asking me, Pastor, what should I do? Should I take the job? Watch, I mean, they want me to work this day. <laughs> I can't sing anymore. I can't do this anymore. I cannot dance anymore. I can't do this. What do I tell you? I say, as long as it's in your heart, God will change that schedule for you. I said, do you want to serve God? Are you hungry? You want to serve God? Do you really have a hunger for God? You want to serve God? God will change that schedule for you. As long as it's in your heart, God will change that schedule for you. So the Bible says God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. God will cause your professors to show you sympathy and kindness and favor. We, uh, we were in church all Sunday. Our exam is on Monday. The, what I'm going to write, I don't know. God will give you favor. I said God will give you favor. What you wrote, you know that you didn't do much. But God will cause the officials, the professors to read your paper and they say, this is the best paper amongst them. This is the best paper amongst them. Because of what is in your heart. Because of a desire to serve God. Because you were in his presence and you couldn't study. As the people had gathered, all of them had gathered and they were reading. You were in church. After that, we were having shepherd's meeting, taking tests, taking this meeting. When you got home, you were very tired. You couldn't read. But God will cause the professors. God will touch the hearts of the professors. As they are reading, what did you write there? Ah, your, your paper will be an example. It will be an example. I am teaching you something. If it is in your heart. Look, I am always telling you, let us serve God or let's not serve God. Make a decision. But me and my household, we have chosen to serve God. And my counsel and my advice to you, choose also to serve God. For me, choose to serve God with all your heart. Put your heart in it. Let not be lingering and let it be. Daniel did not sit in his dormitory and then complaining, hey, why should we eat this food? Why should we, you know, we know we have to do this. You know, now we have to eat it. Ah, this is what we have to eat. What can we do? No, no, no. He went to the man. He went to him and says, please, please. I cannot skip church on Sunday. I'm a Christian. I am a Christian. I have to go to church on Sunday. This coming to work on Sunday, please do something about it. Do something about it. And God caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. God caused the official. Your C minus. God will cause favor 
It will be 10. It will be 10. Your C minus. It will be 10. Except that, you see, our hearts are not in it. And then we remember. Eh? We were in church all day. Look. Now, look, because you sat down to read and you are sleepy. We were in church all day. We were in, this brother, this brother that is sitting right there. One day we had a meeting. We had a meeting here. We were so busy. He had one of the most difficult tests the next day. And he was here assuring, working. People were prayed for. He was here. We, we, it was a long meeting. And then he came at the end of the service. He says, Reverend, we have this exam tomorrow, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Pray for me. We just prayed. He came back. He says, I was better than the rest of them. The other brother who is sitting in the back there, he was also sharing with me. He said, Reverend, I just passed this difficult class. This difficult, this is the most difficult class. This is the determining factor. The determining factor for, you know, when you have a chemical reaction. Do you know what will finally cause the reaction to move? This is the determining factor whether you are going to be in a program or not. And we had a test. And the day before the test, we were in church. We had to go on visitation. We have to do things. We have to do that. His classmates were calling him. We want to study together. Come. He says, I mean, well, I'll be in church. He says, no, we are planning. All of us are planning meeting. We are studying Saturday, Sunday. We are studying, putting our hands. He says, no, no, no. I have to be in church. He came to church. Half of his classmates didn't pass the exam. He was better than all of them. Better than all of them. I said, better than all of them. Better than all of them. Better than all of them. It is God. It is God. One sister, one sister also told me her paper. Students, I'm talking to you. She told me. She said she doesn't know what she wrote, but her her professor took the paper and says, "Everyone should write like this one. All of you, you should. All, if you, it's like a standard. If you all don't write like this, you are failed." Now the other students, they are looking for her paper. Someone who is also in a church not having time to study. God had caused the favor. God caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. Favor and sympathy to Daniel. All these people I'm talking about, they are sitting here right now. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. So the next verse, it says, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord the king, who had assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men? Your age. Why? Everyone is working Sunday. Now, all the people who graduated with you, all the people who were hired that same day, everyone is working the same schedule. Sunday, they are all here. If the king sees that I have made you alone, not work on Sunday, he'll be angry with me. I'm afraid of the Lord, the king. Why should, you, why should he see you looking worse than the other young men, your age? The king will then have my head because of you. May the king have the heads of your supervisors because of you. They will make decisions that favor you. I said they will make decisions that favor you. They will make decisions that favor you. Your bosses will make decisions that favor you. 
Because of what is in your heart. Because you want to serve your God. Because you want to serve your God. The next verse. It says, Daniel then said to the God whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You see, he didn't leave it there. Reverend, I went to ask them. They said no. <laughs> Reverend, I told them to change my schedule. They said no. Really? Okay. <laughs> because you went and, um, <laughs> my Sunday, can you change it to Saturday? <laughs> no. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> At least I tried. <laughs> At least I tried. You see, because, because you are trying for me, not for you. It's not in your heart. It's not in your heart. That is why they won't grant you. That is why when we are going for camps and we say, go to your boss and ask for permission, Reverend, I asked them, they said no. Reverend, it's not me. I asked them, they said no. I really wanted to go, Reverend. You know I really wanted to go. But I asked them, they said no. They said we are short. They are short. They said no. But Daniel did not leave it there. He said, Daniel then said to the God whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He said, please test your servants for 10 days. Please test your servants for 10 days. Because he has confidence in his God. Look, he's not going to eat anything special. He's not going to eat anything special from the king's food. He's going to eat the food that the Jewish people eat, which he has been eating every day, which has made him look the way he looks now. But because of what is in his heart, he's going to eat that same food. And something else is going to happen to him. Something else is going to happen to him. He says, let us, let me, the, the, the chief official would have said, but it's not the same food you've been eating. This is how you look. The king doesn't like this look. But he says, you test us 10 days because his faith was in his God. He knows that within 10 days, he will eat the same food. He will not look the same way. So look the next verse. Then compare our appearance. Did you follow the story? Let's read the previous verse so that you'll get the story well. It says, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Wow. We have, they have, he has even stepped down. Because you see, they have brought them out. And the Jews, they don't eat meat that is killed by anyone. Like any person. That's, so he says, just give us vegetables. And water to drink. You give us vegetables. Some of you, because if, if I were to give you just vegetables and water to drink, you will cause the, 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 the official's head. But because of what is in Daniel's heart, vegetables and water to drink, so then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. He says, you give me, give me, give me this day to work. Give me my Sunday off. And in the end, compare my work to the people who come to work for you Sunday. You compare. You compare. Because when I come to the work, 
You will see me, but there's another thing that is with me, doing the work. Because of what I do on Sundays. Because of where I am on Sundays. So he says, and compare my appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. I leave it in your hands. So the next verse, so he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. Tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they look healthier. Mashandara Baha. They ate vegetables and drank water. But at the end of the 10 days, he looked healthier. He said they look healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Hallelujah. Look, your bank account is not going to increase because you work, you work on Sunday. Your essay is not going to be better because you didn't come to church on Sunday. I'm telling you. You are not going to get 100 because you didn't come to church on Sunday. So the God took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Now that has been the standard food for them. Do you understand? So your schedule is changed. They realize that, look, even he doesn't come to church on Sundays, he doesn't come to work on Sundays, his job performance is better than the rest of them. His work is better than the rest of them. So now they give you every Sunday off has become your standard schedule so that you can be in the presence of your God. Because we have realized that when we give you that Sunday off so that you can be in that presence, your job performance is better than all the other people. All the other people. The next verse. He said, to these four young men, to these four young men, you see, they were all in the school. They were all being taught. Same class, taking the same courses. But to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. Beloved, it is not because you skip Sunday that your, 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 your paper is going to look better. He says, he gave, God gave them knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds that we don't get from school. That we don't get from skipping Sundays and working extra day. That you have dreams and visions. We don't get, but this is what made Daniel, Daniel. You don't understand the word of God this evening. This is what made Daniel, Daniel. God gave him vision. God gave him vision. God gave him understanding. And the, and the, the kind, all kinds of literature and learning. That when they read, the understanding is different. May the Lord give the students who come to church on Tuesdays. The students who forgo their class, they could be studying Tuesday evening, but they are sitting here. And your children who could have been doing their homework and you bring them here. May the Lord give them such understanding of literature, such understanding, such knowledge that they are better than their classmates. They are better than their classmates. They'll be ahead of their classmates. I said they'll be ahead of their classmates. 
Your children will be ahead of their classmates because you bring them here on Tuesday in their presence. In their presence. You'll go to better schools. Amen. They are sleepy, but they are a podcast. They're better than the other kids. Yes. We're having prayer meeting long hours. We are bringing them, sleeping at different people's houses, different places. And their classmates, they are going to private tuition, this tuition, this class, this class, this class. They will do better than their classmates. I said they will do better than their classmates. You will do better than your classmates because of your presence, because you are in the presence of God. The next verse. It says, at the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them. This is the interview that you are going to. You see, you are finished school. You are going for interview. And there are other people who are also coming for the interview. And they will talk with you. They want to select the best amongst you. So the king talked with them. And he found none equal. None equal. He found none equal. He found none equal. He found none equal. There was nobody that could be compared. There was none equal. He found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. You are hired because of your presence. Because you were always in Sunday in church, you will be hired. I said you will be hired. You will graduate from school and you will be hired. This young man, as soon as he graduated from school, he was working at his usual place. Somebody just came. He was hired. There. He didn't have to submit application. And he's always here doing the work of God. Doing the work of God. When he was preparing for his board exams, doing the work of God. You'll be interviewed and you'll be hired. I said you'll be hired. Those of you who are in school, when you finish school, because you are always in the presence of God, you will be hired. They will choose you. Not because you, you did better in school, but because you were in the presence of God. Sometimes I see some of these young college students, Sunday, they are coming to school. Oh, their classmates are in school. Sometimes they have exams. They, say, it's, 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 it, they are coming to church. It is their midterm. They say, Reverend, we are having our midterm. They are here. We are, we are, we are in church. Rehearsing, singing. Oh, they'll be better than their classmates. I said, they'll be better than their classmates. He said, the king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. They were hired. They said, you are hired. You are hired. You are hired. You are chosen. All four of you, you are hired. All of you, you are chosen. You are hired. The next verse. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them. That is your interview. They will trick you. They will ask certain questions. In every matter of wisdom and understanding, the king will interview them. The king will ask them questions. He found these four men. He found them. Ten times better than all the magicians and the enchanters of his kingdom. The whole kingdom. The whole kingdom. 
the whole kingdom. These four, these four, these four. He found them ten times. Ten, not, not two times. Not three times. He found them ten times better. Ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. All the people who came for the interview. All the people who came for the interview. Students who are, who is a student? Lift up your hands. May the Lord make you ten times better than your classmates. May the Lord make you ten times better. Ten times better. With wisdom, with understanding. May the Lord make you ten times better than your classmates. Ten times better than the people who you go to class with. Ten times better than the people who you take exams with. May the Lord's favor be upon your professors, upon your teachers, upon officials, people who make decisions concerning you, concerning financial aid. May the Lord touch people's hearts, people who make decisions concerning your financial aid. Because you choose to be in the presence of God. Put your hands together for the Lord. Our time is up. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. The Lord, the favor of God, the favor of God. It is the favor of God. It is the Lord who sets one man up and sets one down. It is the Lord. It is the Lord. He says, as for these four young men, the king found them ten times better, ten times better than all the magicians, than all the astrologers, than all the wise men that were in the whole nation. They were ten times better. Ten times. Ten times better. Ten times better. The Lord is making your children ten times better. Ten times better. Because they spend time in their presence. Ten times better. Because there's a different spirit that is in him. A different spirit. A different spirit. Ten times better. As for these young men. As for these children. As for these young people. As for this woman. As for this man. Because of his presence, because of the presence, because of the presence, there's another spirit, another spirit, and I will rise. Come and live in me. Me. 
you show us in all spheres of our lives. Father, it is by your grace and the favor that you have shown us that has caused us to be where we are today. Oh Lord, 
May nothing, O God, take us from your presence. Father, touch our hearts. Let us have the heart of Daniel. Let us have the heart that seeks your presence. The heart that seeks not to defile our lives with worldly things, with worldly desires, with worldly needs. But Lord, let us have a heart, a heart that seeks to serve you, a heart that seeks, a heart that hungers after you, a heart that searches for you. Father, for we know that when we find you, we have found all. When we find you, we have found all. Touch the hearts of bosses, people that make decisions concerning us. Father, touch the hearts of our professors, our teachers, the teachers of our children. Touch their hearts concerning aid, financial aid, people that make decisions on our applications. Lord, touch their hearts, oh God. Touch their hearts. Father, touch their hearts. We know, God, that we are limited without you. Father, we know that we cannot do much without you. We are nothing without you, O oh God. Therefore, we will seek you. We will search for you. And we all know, oh God, we also know that you will touch the heart of the people who make decisions concerning us. We are thankful, oh God. It shall be said of us. It shall be said of our children that concerning all matters of wisdom and understanding, that shall be inquired of us. They will find us, oh God, ten times better than our colleagues. It shall be said of us, our job performances, they are ten times better than our colleagues. It shall be said of us, the Father, the way we do things, they are ten times better than our colleagues. Father, they will keep us. They will maintain us. When they are seeking to fire people from the job, they will maintain us. They will keep us. Because of the spirit that is in us. For they will find in us an excellent spirit. An excellent spirit. We thank you, Lord, for that spirit that you have given us. We glorify your name. We bless you, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. If there's anyone here tonight, you have not given your life to God. You say you want Jesus to wash you with his blood. This afternoon, this evening, you say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. I want to receive salvation. I don't want to go to hell when I die. If that is you. Why don't you lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Christ? Anyone here like that? Maybe you come to church Sunday after Sunday, Tuesday after Tuesday. But you know in your heart that you are not born again. If that is you, let us, let us pray together. Lift up your hands and we will pray together. Anyone here like that? Anyone here? Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for our walk with you. We thank you for your love and for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, that we have found you. May you cause us always to work with you. Let nothing come to separate us from the love that we have found in you. We are grateful and thankful in Jesus' name. And why don't you join me to shout a loud amen. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus as you take your seats.
We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.